This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday this time. Back after that bonus episode I did with G of the Aussie guys, it's Memphis, and you are listening to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. Remember, you can still find us on Clipcast, that is at Clipcast. Uh, at clip underscore cast on Twitter or clipcast.ca uh, in your in your search engine. Um, maybe you just want to hear about, you know, rookies like Debo Samuel or Drew Locke or some of those other Memphis favorites. You just throw them in the search engine and it will not only show you the Dynasty Warzone, but other pods talking about these guys. Uh, before I bring in the, the man that, that you uh, all know and love and wished was on that bonus episode, I got to tell you about our new sponsor. That's Trophy Smack. Uh, they've currently got a drawing going on right now through May 2nd, that's Thursday, that you can be entered to win an autographed Saquon Barkley jersey with the purchase of any trophy. Um, You can also stack our promo code on there with that. Um, You put your trophy in the cart, you add a ring, uh, it's almost a $60 value. And when you you use our code DWZRING in the promo box, the ring becomes free. So... um, They've got the Perpetual Trophy, which has a topper that you can switch out. The Defending Champion keeps the topper, and you can buy a new one for each league year. Um, They have belts. They've got all kinds of cool stuff. So go over to our Instagram or Twitter. Both are at Dynasty Warzone. Click on the Trophy Smack link. And go over there and check out their stuff. They've also got belts. I'm I've got a league that I've you know been a part of for almost 16 years. And I'm 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 getting a belt. I like the trophies. I love the trophies. I'd love to have the opportunity to win the Saquon Barkley jersey. But uh, being the old school wrestling fan that I am, I want nothing more as uh, the defending champion in that league to walk in there, you know, just dragging the belt behind me like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Or you could wear it up on your shoulder like The Rock. But anyway, enough about our sponsors. Trophy Smack again. Check them out. I've got to bring him back. Uh, After an impromptu episode with G, uh, he is back. He's back in my life. He is my man of the hour. The man. With the power, he is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, how you doing, buddy? I think we'd all look good with a championship trophy. You know, you walk or, in, or, you're or smacking it. See, I don't have any belts. I, a belt. I, how, how, many, how often do I talk about drinking champagne out of your championship chalice? But to hold that belt, I, especially I, at your draft the next year with your friends there and you're wearing it or you got it over the shoulder, hopefully with a Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance music. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 yeah, you just break, you come in with a glass, you uh, you set up the boombox, or you you have it uh, you have it on your shoulder, you know, like like the rock, you you start smacking it, and you, you you like fold it up, like real old school boxing or wrestling. The referee used to take the belt, they would fold it in half, and they would hold it over their head and show the crowd, hey, this is this is what we're playing for. And you could walk in and do that, maybe hire another friend not in the league. Uh, or a spouse to come in, like as uh, throw you a beer, like your hype um, man. They can throw you a beer. There's so much you can do with the stuff from over there at Trophy Smack. Uh, but but before we do the news, because normally you and I do the news, but I was so excited to have our guest uh, come back uh, with us for a second time, and he is back. It's Fake Pigskin's own Shane P. Hallam. Uh, Shane, 
<laughs> he covers it all. If it's an oblong brown ball with some white stripes and some laces on it, he probably talks about it. He covers fantasy football, the NFL draft, college football, dynasty, Devi. He does it all for fake, fakepigskin.com. Shane, welcome back to the show, sir. I appreciate you having me on. I, I think I have to give me one of those belts. If I think in the in the draft, if someone snipes you, you just you know take the belt and smack them in the face like they used to. It'd be good. Hardcore match. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make it like a perpetual commercial, but I mean these things are reasonably priced. If it's a sunk cost, if you do it one time, you've always got a trophy or you've always got a belt. You can get these things for less than you know. It depends on what you want to get. Ten to fifteen bucks per owner. You say, hey guys, we're doing this one time. And we'll always have something cool to pass around. So, But, yeah, you, you got to have a belt. If I had a belt, so that league that uh, Shane and I are in, I was referencing this le- uh, league in the bonus episode from Tuesday with G, that that league has a belt, which he's still waiting for because it had to be shipped from the United States all the way over to the land of Oz. So um, <laughs> We're never going to see it. We're never going to see uh, it. But, 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 but <laughs> he'll, pro- he'll probably get it just in time for the NFL season to kick off. And and then then he'll you know, I, I hope he doesn't repeat. I'd sure like to win this league, and uh, he, he you know he had to get it back to the states. And I I remember John John Sheps is the commissioner of this league, and he said it cost him like something like of all the people to win AJ or G's. Like I had to ship this thing to Australia, and it cost him like eighty bucks to 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 ship it. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know if it's like a team of carrier pigeons. He should have had the thing by now. But, but one of the first things before we get into the news and, and some of the, the rookie reactions and some overreactions to the draft, I, I wanted to t- talk to Shane. So Shane is in this league with, with me. Uh, he took over an orphan this year, and it wasn't a good orphan. Is, is that a fair, uh, a fair assessment, Shane? Uh, the guy literally had one pick. I think it was the 6-11 in last year's rookie draft. So, uh, and his team was not good. So that, that shows you it's not a good orphan. It, it was not a good orphan. And, and this is not a cheap league. And, and Shane was kind enough to jump in with us. And one thing I give him credit for, from the day he took over this team all the way through the draft, which ended Monday afternoon, he has been committed to the rebuild. Because a lot of times, owners, they, 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 they tell themselves, I'm going to rebuild this team. And they're probably right. More often than not, they're probably right. They probably should be rebuilding that team. And then midway through the rookie draft of that year, they get cold feet. And they're like, ah, you know what, a little, little running back here, a, a tight end there, and, 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 and I can do this. And, and, but Shane, you did not do that. You sold out. It's got to be painful. We all want to do well. We're all competitive. But you, you've walked out of that. Tell us a little bit about some of the, the guys you've moved and, and what your total, uh, your total future assets look like. It's tough. I think it's tough to make that commitment, especially when you're taking over an orphan and you like see the team and you're like, oh, I got to, you know, pony up this money um, and and pay for this. Uh, And then, you know, like you said, you kind of know what you have to do. So kind of from day one, I mean, I have been targeting um, those 2020 first round picks. You know, that's uh, that's something that we've we've talked about. Um, that I've talked about on the show. I love the 2020 drafts I've been targeting. So I traded away, you know, Mark Ingram and Doug Baldwin for 2020 first. Um, and that was back You're in, in welcome. Or, or, yeah, but, yeah uh, to, to someone, I don't know who that was, but, uh, you know, back in early March, right? So, you know, that, that turned out pretty well for me. Um, I, 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 I traded, um, even in our draft, I traded the 109 and 305 for 
uh, to you as well for the 209 and the first. And that worked out. I think that worked out for you really well. You ended up with with a beast of a player in Devin White, you know, Um so I, I've been trying to make moves, and then I kind of had the plan. It's an IDP league. Uh, I mean, it's a super in-depth league, super flex, two tight end premium. So I kind of had the plan in this draft. I'm going to um, keep moving stuff for 2020 picks. I'm going to get some IDPs late in the draft and kind of build that this year, get some young guys that I like. And then um, my team is absolute uh, trash right now, how it looks. But uh, in terms of future assets, I am well-stocked for next year. Uh, I have six 2020 first round picks. Mine's probably going to be number one or number two. And I think a couple more that'll be in the top half. Uh, I also have right now four 2020 second round picks. So um, I, I definitely have, if I make all these picks, I don't know. But I definitely have, I think, the pieces to go in a draft that I really like. And I think I can compete in a year with a lot of young guys. Uh, I did like the fact that you went all defense. You you went a lot of in the box safeties, which is very important in IDP. You went a bunch of like middle linebacker, you know, tackle stacking machines, guys that just drive up the box score. And then you went two tight ends. And like I said, th- this is not only tight end premium where the re- the tight ends get one point five per reception, but you have to start two. And you took the the rookie tight end Jay Sternberger, who went to the Packers, and you took. Um, was it Oliver who went to Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, he went to Jacksonville. So he man, start. Oh, Jack one. Jacksonville. Cincinnati took someone else. I I don't remember top of yeah. my head, but 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 you're right. But um, we'll get into that. We'll get into some of our other rookie drafts. But right now, we are going to jump into to just a little bit of news before we get him back into the rookie madness. This is the news. All right, well, uh, and a little bit of Colts news because I'm a homer and I'll put the Colts first. It came out today that T.Y. Hilton played a good part of the 2019 season with a high ankle sprain, excuse me, the 2018 season with a high ankle sprain, and then they also signed Spencer Ware. Uh, I'll start with T.Y. Hilton and I'll throw it to to Shane or Jerry. First of all, it tells you how tough he is for for a little guy. uh, No matter what your size, a high ankle sprain hurts. And that, that's usually a multiple-week miss injury. And he played through it all the way through the playoffs. So he's someone I've been scooping up. He just turned 29 back in November. He'll turn 30 in season. I think he's a guy you can get another two, two-and-a-half seasons out of and, and and at a reasonable cost. And then the Spencer Ware thing, yeah. I think the Colts' skill positions, I said this on the bonus episode, I think they came out of there pretty unscathed. I mean, they only really picked up Paris Campbell, in the draft, who I love, we'll probably end up talking about him. And uh, they had a couple of, uh, of undrafted free agent signings that I like. They signed Hart and Doolin, a couple of wide receivers. Maybe one or both of those guys will make the team. But uh, Jerry, anything on my Colts and uh, the, this Ty news and, and where? It just shows how awesome Ty Hilton is. I mean, if he actually truly had a high ankle sprain last year and still dropped almost thirteen hundred yards. Good God. I mean, that's a pit bull. That's just a monster. So, I uh, listen, I love Andrew Luck. I've been tout, toting Andrew Luck, and I like T.Y. Hilton. I got a buddy that's texting me about trading me T.Y. Hilton right now. This second, I am looking at the text, and I'm going to go for it after this pod. I promise you that because he is a monster. Spencer Ware, I don't care. Marlon Mack's the guy. I Listen, Marlon Mack, you shut me up, my friend, and you did, and I like him a lot. In my redraft leagues, I will be feasting upon Marlon Mack sandwiches all year. Uh, Shane, anything on on the Colts, Hilton, or or where? 
Yeah, I, I like T.Y. Hilton as well. I think I'm kind of right with you guys. I think he's uh, an exceptional player. Um, even he's only 29 years old. You know, this isn't a 32 year old player or anything like that. And people are treating him like he's done. So I think that high ankle sprain actually can be a good value for you to get him redraft or dynasty. And yeah, I'm I'm with Jerry. You know, Spencer Ware I think's a nice backup. I think I think he can make that team as the number three. He could beat out Jordan Wilkins perhaps. Um, but I think he's kind of there if Marlon Mack goes down. I would agree. And and remember Marlon Mack, not the, the best hamstrings in the world. And if I'm in a league with you and I don't already own T.Y. Hilton and you're looking to move him, all I can do is uh, tell you to say my name, say my name, because I would be interested. Uh, the, the the next two guys we're going to talk about, it's, it's just kind of in passing. It was a couple of little blurbs I saw today on Roto World or over the weekend. Uh, Jamal Charles, a.k.a. Jam Chuck, has uh, hung it up officially. There will be no more football, at least professionally, in his career. And then Seabass, Sebastian Janikowski. Both these guys retired. Uh, Jamal Charles might have had two or three of the greatest uh, seasons, like fantasy-winning seasons that I can remember within recent memory. It wasn't sustainable, and it wasn't consistent. But, man, when that dude was playing, he was lights out. And then Seabass, you know what? He was what a Raider was supposed to be. So, uh Shane, anything on uh, Jamal Charles or Seabass? Charles won me a couple leagues in some of those years, man. He, he, I think people kind of underrate how good he was, and I'll, I'll pour a beer out for Seabass. Uh, I think he, he made more money than any kicker in NFL history, so there you go. What Jer- more can you say? I mean, that, that, get get your money, get out, he's good. I mean, who who's a kicker that gets taken in the first round and sort of pays off? Like, that's the weird part. It's been a a very long career, and I'm not pouring out a beer for him. I believe, if I remember correctly, from his Florida State days, he was more of a vodka man. But moving over to uh, Doug Baldwin. Like, I was joking earlier that uh, Shane had traded me Baldwin and Ingram, and I think there might have been a pick involved in in 2019. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm a contender. I could use a little bit of depth. And then what the hell? Doug Baldwin might retire after 19 or some odd surgeries this offseason. I really hope not, and I think Seattle probably hopes not as well, but they did pick up a couple of rookie wide receivers in the draft. Obviously, DK, Muscles, Metcalf, and uh, Jennings, uh, another wide receiver. So, obviously, they're starting to piece together a backup plan. Uh, Jerry, you a Baldwin guy, and do you think he's actually going to hang him up? Uh, I've been doing a lot of startup mock drafts for the dynasty football factory lately. And I feel like I've taken Doug Baldwin in every single one. And now I'm sort of happy that they're just mock drafts and not actual startups. Cause I think he might, I mean, you're going to go DK Metcalf. I feel like you understand that that is going to be a real position of need. So, uh, I don't want that to happen, but I do think it is going to happen. What about you, Shane? Is uh, did did you pull the Doug Baldwin plug at just the right time? Couldn't work, have worked out better for me trade trading him to you, but I, I I still have a little bit of faith. I, I actually think you know I think we've heard this before with guys. A lot of times these players don't want to hang it up, right? They want to keep trying, and I think if medically they say, well, maybe it'd take another year. You know, and the Seahawks kind of saying, eh, you probably will probably have to cut you anyway, just retire. Doug Baldwin might try to stick around. He may try to stick it out. He might try to get better. He might try to contribute in the season. So I, I don't think it's a done deal that he's retiring despite them drafting three receivers in this draft. Um, so I'm still holding out a little bit of hope. 
Uh, I am as well. And I, I think he's been such a good guy for the organization and for Russell Wilson over their time together. I, I could see the team letting him, you know, at least try. If, if he thinks he can suit up and go and he can pass a physical and show up for minicamp, I, I, I think he'll give it a try. I mean, he might as well. He's pretty well compensated for a wide receiver. And then the last bit of news is, is the last bit of news I ever want to cover. Um, obviously, all the Tyreek Hill things came out last week. And, and he's put people like me. I, I have two shares across, I think, ten leagues, nine leagues. And I'm in a real p- precarious position. And I talked about this with Clint from the Dynasty Happy Hour crew. And it's just really crappy. It's really crappy to own this guy because, you know, what do you do with him? You, you, you can't sell him. I mean, if, if but I also don't blame you. Um, I'm in a league with a guy named Matt Diddy, and he was like, you know, what do I do with him? And he had a guy offer him the 111 before the audio tape come out. And I think he took it. And if you just want to wash your hands and, you know, take a pick or, or take a a flyer on a guy, I, I can't say as I blame you. I'm just telling myself, uh, you know, it's no different than Hunter Henry last year. Tours ACL in some off-season, off, uh, off, you know, off-season workouts, and, and you lost him for the year. And I, I, I think you're going to lose Kareem Hunt for the year. But he's still young. He's still Tyree talented. Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. And so – I'm just telling myself, you know, it was very similar. I'm just not going to have him for 2019, but it, but it sucks having him on my team. Where are you at with this guy, Jerry? He's a dirtball. See, I'm sort of fortunate that I don't have any shares of Tyree Kill. Uh, I did a lot of leagues, and I traded high, and then he exploded, and I missed that opportunity. But, you know, now I'm sitting pretty fortunate because of it. I'm washing my hands of him, Randy. If someone wants to offer me just about anything. I think that guy's done. You, I mean, you're a consistent dirt ball. I mean, this is the NFL and you know, they're not the moral police, but I just, I, I have a hard time seeing that guy suit up. Honestly. What about you, Shane? Reminded me why I, I need to stick to looking character um, and stick with that. You know, Josh Gordon was a guy that I did not touch. And after his big year, it was like, oh, that was stupid. And then all this came out. You know, Tyreek Hill was a player. I do have a couple shares with, you know, I kind of lost that uh, ideology. And um, it worked out. Now, you know, now it's bad. I, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I, I think he will play again. This is the this, uh, this is the NFL, and they don't really care. As long as you can play, they really don't care um, who you are or what you do. Someone will put you on a team. Um, in, in that same sense, uh, as soon as he's back, uh, does something, I'm getting rid of him because uh, something's going to happen again. You know, and and I don't. I think uh, kind of like Jerry said, like if this guy's a dirt boy, he's always going to be. I don't think he's going to fix himself, no matter what he says. So uh, if I have him, I'm holding him until he comes back, until he does something, and then I'll, I'll get what I can for him. You know, his Twitter handle, I believe, is at Cheetah, and I think Cheetahs have spots. Is that correct? That is correct. Cheetahs don't change their spots, Jerry. You see what I no, did there? They didn't look at they, this. See, that's why you're a pro. That's why you did a bona fide I, professional. Professional. Well, listen, let's get to some good news. Let's talk about some some overall winners and just some, some quick reactions. We have a lot to, un, to unpack here from this draft, but we'll just go into some overall winners. Uh, we'll go around the horn. We'll go into some overall losers. And this is really not just as it relates to rookies. There might be some veterans and some teams and just to kind of Set this up for the listener. I'll go first. Um, the first guy that I thought was a huge winner in all this was uh, Jerry, one of your favorite guys, Devonta Freeman. 
You like you some Freeman, don't you, Jerry? Love Devonta Freeman. You, you you know how many uh, first round offensive linemen they drafted, Jerry? How many? Two offensive linemen drafted. They drafted a tackle and a guard. And I know I'm kind of making humor about that, but you know, look at the Colts last year. They drafted Quentin Nelson real real early, and then it was one one of the early seconds that they had. They had their second and the Jet second last year, and they drafted um, uh, another lineman out of Auburn, Braden Smith, and ended up having a pretty nice offensive line. But do you know how much competition they brought in for Mr. Freeman? Uh, you tell me. One guy. They brought in no undrafted free agents, at least as of the recording of this show, and they drafted fifth-round running back out of pit. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this gent's name. Quadre Allison in the fifth round. I uh, was listening to Paul Pertichese of the Saturday to Sunday podcast, and he was he was stunned by this. He was like, I you know, I had this guy as like a seventh-rounder, a UDFA, and they took him in the fifth, so I'm not feeling threatened if I'm a, a Devonta Freeman owner. Um, and then my man, my man, I, I've been a big fan of this guy for, you know, going into, you know, the, the second season now, that's Robbie Anderson. They, you know, it was mentioned all along that Jets were going to go wide receiver. They had been linked to Debo. They had been linked to a couple of others, but the only wide receivers that the Jets brought in were, uh, one of my personal favorites, Greg Dortch, Dortch the Torch out of Wake Forest. And then a guy named Jeff Smith, and I didn't even write down where he went to school. Jeff Smith is the kind of name that you use to check into a motel you rent by the hour. So I, I, I have no idea who this guy is. And, and, and outside of Robbie Anderson, that, that really leaves Quincy, Quincy and Nunwa and Jamison Crowder. They, you know, you're getting Sam, Sam Darnold going into year two. Whether you, like, whether you like Adam Gase or not, he got Ryan Tannehill and his backup, Matt something or another, into the playoffs where they got smoked by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like Adam Gase as, as a coach. He's a weird-looking cat. He does some, uh, uh, some weird things. And here's a little unknown jet fact for you. Okay, Jerry, you ready for a jet fact? Shoot your jet fact. My jet fact is, is they do not play one game this year outside of the Eastern time zone. They they do not leave the, the the far as west they go is that I saw was they are going to Cincinnati. Outside of that, they go no further west. Uh, my couple of w- rookie winners, real quick: Debo, uh, Debo Samuel. I actually picked him up in that league that I'm in with Shane. Uh, re- referenced that last night talking with G. I, I think him and Pettis complement each other. I think he's a versatile wide receiver. He can do it all. Uh, tough as a junkyard dog. You know, not afraid to go over the middle. Be a nice compliment to Pettis and Kittle. And I don't really see anyone else there fighting for targets. I mean, we know Shanahan uses the running backs out of the backfield. But Marquise Godwin might as well be Marquise Godwin. I mean, get out of here. Pierre Garçon's gone. So there's a lot of touches. They'll be getting Jimmy G back. So I really like that. And then Miles Sanders. I mean, who who is this guy really competing competing for touches with Corey, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, Boston Scott, Wendell Smallwood, and Josh Adams. And they picked up an undrafted free agent named Nico Evans. I don't even know who Nico Evans is. It's a cool name. I think Nico's a cool name. But I, I, this is great for Sanders. I mean, he should come in, um, blew up the combine. I like him a lot. They and, did sign Jordan Howard for a year, though. Never heard of him. I'm, I'm going to talk about yeah. him. I'm, I'm going to talk about him in, uh, on our next go-around. Okay. And then my team that I thought was a winner was Philly. I mean, you you get Sanders, you know. I I'll be real curious to see how Doug Peterson uses him. They got J.J. Arcega Whiteside. 
They snuck ahead of Houston to get that offensive tackle. Dillard, I think that's how you think that was his name. Um, I'm not big at scouting offensive linemen. But but they really just drafted a lot of best player available. I mean, Arcega Whiteside gets to, you know, you know, take him to practice every day. And I forget who said this, but they were like, watch Alshon Jeffrey, and in two years you have to do that. Pretty simple stuff. So uh, th- those are my winners. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Robbie Anderson, Debo, Miles Sanders, and Philly. Uh, I'll start with our guest. Uh, Shane, who were your winners as it related to this, you know, draft season immediate reaction? I, I have I have a bunch. I think uh, we're talking about Tyreek Hill. So Mikul Hardman, you know, getting drafted in the second round by the Chiefs, you can't be in a better spot. I feel like he's maybe one of the most dis- divisive rookies for rookie drafts right now. Where do you take him? A uh, player that not a lot of people had in the second round, but uh, only two years of receiver. He was really, really raw, uh, but he's going to with the best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. So I don't think you can get in a better spot to hear filling for Tyreek. Good luck. And if he does it, the guy's going to be a stud. Uh, um, that's a wise Lamar Miller for Houston. And I thought Houston was going to draft someone. I don't really buy after that massive injury coming in, coming back and taking the job. So another year of Lamar Miller, no one seems to like Lamar Miller, but he seems to produce okay every year. Um, like throw in the flex and you're good. Um, and then the Tampa running backs, right? Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Uh, what's going to happen there? I really thought Tampa was going to take Miles Sanders. You know, they brought him in for a visit. Um, they were, you know, they were kind of looking at that. Um, so I thought for sure uh, they would take one of those guys and and they didn't. So I think Rojo gets not moved up. Peyton Barber is going to have a role. Uh so, yeah, those are kind of mine. And they, they, Kyler Murray, not just because of him being the first overall pick, but the Cardinals, you get Hakeem Butler, you get Andy Isabella, he still has Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I mean, this guy's just going to have weapons galore, David Johnson in Arizona. So I think for him, I, mean, I, I, got, I got the guys to make this work. Uh, I, I like all of those. Jerry, uh, who, who are your, uh, your, your quick reaction winners this for one i would like to say that i agree with most all of the ones you guys said um you guys actually made it pretty hard on me trying to pick these guys because you took all the good ones the first one i'm gonna go with so the draft it was a little dry for fantasy owners outside of idp you know we didn't marquise brown got drafted in the first round that first day josh jacobs but there was nothing that was splashy. And Marquise Brown didn't land in that great of a spot. And then we got to the 32nd pick. The New England Super Bowl champion Patriots with Tom Brady throwing the ball to Nikhil Harry. Are you kidding me? That was the perfect way to end day one. Woo! I mean, he jumped himself right up to 101 in non-superflex leagues. For me, I loved that pick. And I mean, it, listen, he was already near the top of your boards. And now you get Tom Brady. Uh, yes, please. Another guy, Carson Wentz, man. He's a, another guy that I just keep toting. I just keep toting these same guys. I feel like I'm regurgitating the same crap just over and over. But you, like you alluded to earlier, Miles Sanders. I mean, you know, he's not Saquon, but that boy's good. That boy can catch the ball. That boy can run. He's just, he's elusive. He's good. He's an easy dump off. And they gained JJRC Whiteside. And like you said, you know, like you said, you have to be like Alshon Jeffrey. Honestly, his game is sort of like Alshon Jeffrey. He's the perfect replacement. 
and he can learn from Alshon. It's I love Carson Wentz going into 2019. Another one, I'm sort of piggybacking on what you guys said, Arizona Cardinals. It just all around, not just Kyler Murray. I mean, they got their quarterback. They got Andy Isabella, the lightning bolt that can be that Marquise Brown that Kyler Murray had at Oklahoma. They got Hakeem Butler, big guy, fast, can make plays. They also drafted Keyshawn Johnson out of Fresno State, a dude that just had 44,000 catches last year, just tore up the Mountain West. Fresno State's in the Mountain West, I'm pretty sure. Um, that sounds they right. Just, yeah, they just kept going offense. They It was like Matt Millen in the early 2000s, just wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And I, I love seeing that. And you're doing it in a Cliff Kingsbury offense. Oh, boy. Just add those points up. Add those PPR points up all day. Derek Carr, man. Starting to think maybe, you know, maybe they would go a different route. They got Antonio Brown. You know, maybe they would go a different direction. They didn't even take a single quarterback. I mean, you had teams, the Chargers took one, the Jaguars, the Ravens, the Eagles, the Bengals. I mean, the Panthers. The Panthers took Will Greer. And the Raiders didn't take anybody. They got Nathan Peterman back there, and they got Landry Jones. That's Derek Carr's job as solidified as solidified can be. On top of that, they add Josh Jacobs. You know, they drafted Hunter Renfro. The I, I would call him a slot guy out of Clemson. He's He can create separation. He can make tough catches. They drafted Foster Moreau out of LSU. They just did a lot of things to make Derek Carr happy, and they didn't give him any competition. That's a winner for me. So my guys, Nikhil Harry, Carson Wentz, the Arizona Cardinals as a whole, and then Derek Carr. Um, I, I like that. And and Hunter Renfro is not a guy that I'm going to draft, but he's a guy that I'm going to throw some fab money once, once waivers start running. I think him and Carr will develop a, a good friendship. They drafted a rookie tight end named Foster Moreau. They didn't re-sign Jared Cook. Jared Cook went to New Orleans. And there's still a void there for the over-the-middle catches. And... Hunter Renfro is obviously not going to set the world on fire, but if you're in a PPR league and you play in deep leagues like all of us do, keep that, keep an eye on that name, Hunter Renfro. Uh, my, my losers coming out of the draft, Jordan Howard. I mean, how many times can this guy slip on the same banana peel? You know, you, <laughs> you, you, you finally get John Fox out of Chicago. Here comes offensive-minded Matt Nagy. Okay, great. He's going to start using... Tariq Cohen more. And then in free agency, they add Mike Davis. And he's like, man. So then, then he gets a new lease, lease on life. He gets traded to Philadelphia. You know, he's going to be playing with Carson Wentz. And, and Doug Peterson's going to be calling the plays. And it's going to be great. And he's not competing with much. You know, guys like, again, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, etc. And then lo and behold, what do they do? They pull the rug out from under him and draft Miles Sanders with a, with a pretty high draft capital in the second round. So uh, Jordan Jordan Howard just grinding it out this year till he can get to free agency. And then uh, Corey Davis, the Titans drafted uh, my, one, I think he was my favorite, just like from like a watchability, a, a player standpoint in A.J. Brown. This kid, I talked about Debo earlier, A.J. Brown's tough. I mean, he does everything. He, he He's great out of the slot. And to me, he's everything that Corey Davis isn't as a football player. This guy's alpha. This guy, you know, is, isn't is just happy to be there. He he wants to be a winner. And I, I think there's a new alpha dog in the locker room there in Tennessee. I don't think Mariota will be there long term. But I think Corey Davis just strikes me. And I, 
as like that guy who's just happy cash in a top five NFL draft pick check every two weeks. And that, that doesn't cut it for my dynasty roster. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't think I am. And I really like AJ Brown and I have yet to scoop a share in two drafts, but someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on. And then Hakeem Butler. I mean, my, oh my, I mean, I think Murray won and I agree that the Cardinals won, but they also added Andy Isabella, they added Keyshawn Johnson, a tight end. If you're in tight end premium leagues and you're looking for a sneaky, sneaky guy to put on the back end of your roster, look at Caleb Wilson. This guy had some nice production at UCLA when he was there with Josh Rosen. And obviously they still have Larry Fitzgerald, who might as well be like kind of like uh, McCown was for the Jets last year with Sam Darnold. Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a great mentor to all these young men. Uh, Larry Fitz, I think, 35, 36 years old. And they still have Christian Kirk. So, you know, Christian Kirk has ties to Texas A&M and, and, and this type of offense. So this is going to be the funnest division in the NFL to watch is the NFC, you know, West with the, the revamped Cardinals. You've already got Jimmy G and the 49ers, obviously the Seahawks. And then don't forget the L.A. Rams with Sean McVay. So I'm, I'm super excited, but I hate it for Hakeem Butler. And then Damian Harris. I'm just a solid guy. Would have loved to have seen him wound up with like, I don't know, Buffalo as opposed to Devin Singletary or maybe Miami because you guys know I'm not a big Kenyon Drake fan, but he wound up in New England. I think he's going to be in a timeshare with, I know he's going to be in a timeshare with Sony and Burkhead and James White. And I love James White from a PPR perspective. And let's just be honest, Bill Belichick hates you. He hates your running backs and he hates your fantasy football points. So uh, thanks a lot, Bill. We, we appreciate it. And then from an offensive side of the ball, I'm not afraid to say it. I think Kansas City were, were losers. Obviously, they, they lost Tyreek Hill the night before the draft when all this nonsense came out. And what did they do to add to the receiving core? They did draft McColl, I hope I, McColl Hardman, uh, speedster out of Georgia, but that doesn't make him Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. And a guy, another guy that I like is a UDFA, Cody Thompson out of Toledo. And then a guy named Jamal Curtis, who I did 0.0 scouting on. They did add a couple of running backs, a late sixth and Darwin Thompson. And then James Booby Williams. I actually drafted Booby Williams in a, a, a deep league today. And this guy gets a lot of comps to James White. And you know what a James White fan I am. There's going to be targets. I think he's the kind of guy Andy Reid can use. But I'm scared for Patrick Mahomes. I'll be real honest. So when Kareem Hunt got suspended on November 30th, from that point forward, Kareem, um, excuse me, Mahomes went from 29 points per game down to 26 points per game. And now you're taking away one of, if not the best deep threat in all the NFL from him. And defensive coordinators are going to get another year of tape on him. If you can cash out in Superflex for one of those astronomical eye-popping deals for, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not mad at you. So those are my losers. Jerry, give us some losers. Okay, you already mentioned him because of Corey Davis. I'm going A.J. Brown, and it's because Marcus Mariota is the starting quarterback. Uh, Randy has told you once, he has told you a thousand times on the war zone, Mariota just ain't it. it. He's not going to produce outrageous fantasy numbers. And if he couldn't do it when just Corey Davis was there, I really don't think he's going to be able to do it with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. So I just... I loved AJ Brown. He was my wide receiver too going into the draft. That was awful. That ripped the soul from me. <sighs> the other Brown, Marquise Brown, Hollywood. 
Hollywood. Uh, I uh, he was just starting to grow on me, too. And then he's going to go to the Ravens like you couldn't have let him slip, like let him go to the second round and end up with, you know, Seattle or New England or Kansas City. No, you're going to have the Ravens take him. Lamar Jackson, who threw 200 yards once in the seven games he started last year, and that was 204 yards. He threw six passing touchdowns in seven games. And that's who I got to rely on. Now, granted, the Ravens had an abysmal receiving core, and they added Marquise Brown. They added my boy, Miles Boykin. So, you know, there's a chance that he can improve. But that just, that hurt for me. I had a lot of first-round picks in one of my drafts that we're going to talk about in a little bit, and I didn't take him in any of them. I let him slip to the second, and he was the first wide receiver off the board. That is how down I am on that move. I just cannot trust Lamar Jackson. The other guy is Kyle Rudolph, who I feel like I have hyped up as sort of one of those guys that I take later in drafts when I don't, you know, I don't go early tight end and I wait. And they took Irv Smith as their first offensive pick in the second round. And I like Irv Smith. He's a good pass catcher. He's, I mean, chunk plays. I mean, if you have watched the college football playoff and the national championship, you have seen Irv Smith make big plays. And with Kirk Cousins, you have seen Kyle Rudolph do nothing. So I think that hurts him big time. I don't know how productive Irv Smith will be, but I know it's going to hurt Kyle Rudolph. So my losers are the Brown brothers, AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown and Kyle break my heart. Rudolph. What happens when your wide receivers go from being Brown to making Jerry blue. All right, Shane, you're up. Tell us who your, uh, who your losers are. Yeah. And I, and I agree with most of what you said, uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph, maybe there's a chance, maybe there's some rumors in that third day, the Patriots might be trying to trade for him. Maybe they do. Then that's a hey, tease. That, Don't tease me. I get a little too excited. I hadn't heard that, but it, but inside my head, I was like, Heidi, 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 ho, make that yeah. happen. Please. We don't need more Austin's Ferry and Jenkins for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> uh, my loser is Todd Gurley and kind of in turn, Daryl Henderson, right? Uh, you know, the Rams draft Daryl Henderson pretty high. I love Daryl Henderson. He was my RB four in this draft. He goes to the Rams. Um, so like Todd Gurley was one of those guys. I can't remember if we talked about it last time, but uh, I was like, ah, you know, everyone has arthritis. I think he'll be fine. Maybe they limit him a little bit. Then they invest this high pick in a running back. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, this, this could be a messy, this could be a messy situation. If Henderson gets in there. Um, I mean, I think it's good for Henderson. If, if Gurley does get hurt again, like he's going to be a beast, but I mean, Todd Gurley, who I think it's tough to invest the type of premium, you know, pick or trade for him now. And, and you're not getting what you could. So we'll see what happens this season. Um, another guy is Christian Kirk. For the Cardinals, and we talked about, hey, uh, Jerry said the Cardinals won. I agree with that. I like Kyler Murray winning. Uh, I'm a little bit scared of Kirk's role in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, right? So Kingsbury came to uh, – he did not – he was there before Christian Kirk was at Texas A&M. Um, so you draft all these receivers that, uh, you know, that, that, that Randy mentioned before. You, you draft the Andy Isabella and the Hakeem Butler and the Keyshawn Johnson and, you know, those guys that Jerry mentioned – where's Christian Kirk fit in, right? If it's Larry Fitzgerald's not going off the field. So I'm a little bit worried. I still like him, but uh, I'm a little worried. I don't know how this offense is going to work. I think it'll be productive. Um, I don't know how he fits. And then uh, piggybacking off of Damian Harris, you know, Sonny Michelle, 
I think just adding another running back to that core. Like I like the James White, Sonny Michelle mix, the playoffs, right? It was, it was pretty good for Sonny Michelle. I felt like finally the Patriots, they're going to use this running back. Brady's kind of losing it a little bit. It's going to be run heavy. It still might be run heavy, but is Sonny Michelle worth, um, you know, is he a top five running back in fantasy anymore? I, I just can't trust uh, New England when they have three, four running backs to know what's going to happen. So I think it almost kills the value of anyone but James White um, catching those passes. And then uh, to throw in a rookie, Emmanuel Hall, sad face that he did not get drafted. I do like the situation with the Bears. I think there's an opening there. I heard it was attitude issues and poor interviews that knocked him out of the draft. This is a guy that, that runs a 4-3 that I, re- I thought bailed Drew Locke out time and time again on tape when he was on the field. And uh, I, I'm i a little sad that he fell out of the draft. Yeah, some of these receivers, I think that we like the, the Keem Butlers and the Kelvin Harmons and the Emmanuel Halls fell, but I, they, I think they all ended up in a good situation where they can make this roster and still make an impact. So um, I still holding out hope. Uh, I, I told you earlier that Bill Belichick hates your dynasty roster. He doesn't care that you drafted Sony in the first last year. He doesn't care that Sony was a monster in the playoffs. He's on to destroy the next roster. And Damian Williams, very sure-handed. Uh, a guy that I saw, what did he go in our, our, our draft, Shane? Was it like in the like the fourth or fifth? Fourth, yeah. It was, it, was, it, it was late. And, I mean, don't forget we were talking about Todd Gurley's arthritic knee. Sony's knees aren't exactly 100% themselves. So uh, he missed some time last year. So Damian Harris... You know, third round might might be time to open. I think the fourth and fifth round. I was trying to to fill some needs. So Shane, did you have any other drafts this weekend besides the one that you and I are in? I haven't completed a, a whole one. I've started a couple more, and I, I'm in a couple of mocks. Um, so there's one uh, tight end premium league that that I've I've been moving around. I actually just moved up to the 105. I had the 106. I got um, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. Um, so another rebuild where I have like five 20, 20 first round picks. But uh, my plan kind of draft those tight ends just like our league. Draft those tight ends. They take a year or two to develop and go from there. But really what I've seen uh, so far is such a differential between how people are rating these receivers. I think after you get out of that uh, kind of first half of the first round, Montgomery's out, Miles Sanders out, Harry's out, you know, Josh Jacobs is out, the tight ends are going around there. It varies so wildly of how people rate these receivers. And personally, like I have my rankings, you can go on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam, it's my pin tweet. And I mean, honestly, I look at my receiver rankings and from, uh, you know, number two uh, all the way down to number 12, I don't have them rated that far in difference. I have Debo Samuel number two. I have uh, Arcega Whiteside number twelve. You could easily flip a lot of these guys, and uh, so I think in the in the second round, um, in the mid to late second round, you could probably get uh, an Andy Isabella, or Deontay Johnson, um, or Arcega Whiteside, whatever, and be happy with that to a guy you could have taken at the one nine. So I, I think these receivers and kind of this late mid to late first. Uh, all the way into the end of the second is almost super similar to me. And uh, I think the more I see it, the, the it's going to be a radical year for rookie drafts and where people are taking these guys. It has been wide open as far as rookie drafts. I'll compare the two that I've done. Jerry, you've done one. You mentioned it was a bit of a rebuild. Uh, what, what kind of trends and things did you see in your rookie draft? Sort of like Shane said, man, once you get out of that, the first, you know, those first couple guys, the three running backs, you know, 
it's tough sledding. Like it's just sort of like I had a chunk where I had the seven, eighth, ninth, and tenth pick. And I knew I was going to take Dwayne Haskins because it's going to turn into a super flex in 2020. And I knew I was going to take TJ Hawkinson because nine of the 10 people in the league are Detroit Lions fans. And which is a touchdown. He's going to be the next George Kittle to seven of them. So I knew I was taking him. You got to know your crowd, people. That's all I'm saying. But as far as the rest, I went Hakeem Butler because I like Hakeem Butler. You know, I'm going to I'm going to die on the hill of the guy that I like. But could I have gone A.J. Brown? Yeah. Paris Campbell for the Colts? Yeah. Nicole Hardman for the Chiefs? Absolutely. I mean, Andy Isabella. Like, there's tons of Debo. I could have gone all sorts of guys. It's, you know, grab a dart, close your eyes, throw it at the board. I'll tell you some of the things that I saw. So guys that went in about the same range in both drafts. Now, the one draft that Shane and I, again, again, IDP, Double tight end premium, so th- th- there is some noise in there you have to cancel out. But uh, McCole Hardman, the new Kansas City speedster, he went in the second in, in both drafts. So if, if you're looking at adding him, maybe you're the Tyreek Hill owner and you're wanting him. If you don't have a mid-two, it might be tough depending on your league mates. So uh, that was a commonality I saw. Drew Locke went uh, at the 204 exactly in both drafts. I got him in one and missed him by one. I had the 205, and one of my other leagues I'll talk about here in just a second, but I, I missed him by one pick. Um, I don't know how much you get out of him in 2019 due to Joe Flacco still being there, but that was Denver's guy. They got a great deal on him. Uh, Paris Campbell, same thing, late first. Uh, some guys with some noise. So I got J.J. Arcega whiteside in the third. Again, a little bit of that that other premium Pushed him down a little bit, but he went 110 in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League to uh, another Shane, not the Shane like Shane P, but you know Shane M, Shane Manella at DFF underscore Shane. He took him at the 110. Uh, I I could see that Debo also second round pick, but if you want Debo Samuel, yeah, you better get him early. And Hakeem Butler uh, again, uh, G took him at the 113. This happens to be a league where we do a bonus pick. Uh, for the consolation bracket. So 13th overall in this particular league, 18th overall. So if you're like Jerry and you're a Hakeem Butler guy, uh, obviously I've already talked about my Superflex IDP team on the bonus episode with G. Uh, in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League, which is my other rookie draft wrapping up, uh, I had the 107. I traded up from the 107 to the 105. I added the 208, got the 405 back. I got TJ Hawkinson. Hawk is my guy. Uh, I didn't want Fant. Not that there's anything wrong with Fant, especially with Joe Flacco as your quarterback in a tight end premium league, but you get your guy. And at 205, like I said, Drew Locke went one pick ahead of me. I had him right in the crosshairs, and uh, I got sniped by Pete Davidson of the Rotobon group. And then at 207, Jerry, you know who I took at 207? Enlighten me. Hollywood Brown. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. See, that's what I'm saying. That's how far that is the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft and at 207. I, I like Miles Boykin, but this is a guy that I've been on. And uh, I think he'll actually make better work for the tight ends, whether that's Andrews um, or Hayden Hurst, the, the running backs. I mean, he's going to pull some safety coverage out of the box because if you don't, he's going to go bananas. But you know what? I see a guy that's got ceiling. 
somewhere between Deshaun Jackson and, and Tyreek Hill. And I think we know the floor. But I like the ceiling. I, I, I like the gamble there at, at 207. I got my man in both drafts, Terry McLaren. I got him with a 212, and I got him with a 401 or something. So, uh, Who could have landed in a better spot? I, I mean, I mean, I've been hearing you talk about Terry McLaren for so long. Blame and then Nick he Wayland. gets drafted by the by the skins with uh, his college quarterback. Like, come, like, really? What, what, like, what, that's just that's picture perfect. That's paint by colors. Exactly how you wanted that picture to look. Seventy sixth overall pick, um, Terry. You know, Terry McLaren out there. Haskins. The chips are down. The offensive line's hurt because that's what the offensive line does in Washington. They get hurt. And he's back there, you know, he's trying to avoid getting killed because he's not the mo- most mobile cat around. He's like, you know what, I'm just going to throw it to Terry. Terry's always open. He's like 7'11". He never closes. He's always open. And then uh, m- m- my mystery guy, I mentioned him earlier when I was talking about KC, is James Booby Williams. I took him at the 405. Uh, just a dart I wanted to throw. That's why I asked for that pick when I made the TJ Fant, I'm sorry, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant trade. And I, I knew I wanted to get a dart on this guy. He's in that Kansas City offense, and he's not like exactly buried by a bunch of hard hitters. And I've seen Andy Reid use running backs with this skill set in the past. I still got one pick at the 509. I'll give it up, even if my, even if my league mates from the Ultimate Dynasty podcast listener league are listening. And that's Bruce Anderson, brought to my attention on the bonus show by G. Jerry, do you know where Bruce Anderson signed as an undrafted free agent? I don't. Uh. Tampa Bay. Do you know what the path to greatness is in Tampa Bay? Uh, it, it goes through Ronald, I'm a bust Jones, and Peyton, I'm a jag barber. So we, <laughs> we saw Philip Lindsay do this last year. And I'm not, so you think highly of those two gentlemen then? Uh, I have Peyton Barber on six of nine rosters, sir. So, <laughs> so yes, I, I, I'm more than happy to see Peyton Barber get the workload. But I'm just saying, you know, there's not much between him but air and opportunity. They're, they're in Tampa Bay, so he's not even in MFL right now. The only Anderson in the rookie pool is Rodney Anderson. So uh, I'm going to wait until my last pick, which is a 509. I'm going to message my commish, and I'm going to be like, hey, look, dude, um, I need to take Bruce Anderson here. Uh, what happened in the league that I'm in with Shane and G is the commissioner uh, forfeited the pick and put out in the, the, the group chat that, hey, you know, G is taking Bruce Anderson, and after talking to him, I'm like, that's my move. I'm going to take him at 509 and, uh, you know, a what-the-hell dart throw. Because what else do you do at the 509? What is that, like the 56th, 58th overall pick? Take a guy that was drafted, maybe. No. Miles got him. (laughs) Hey, you you, you could have said that last year about Philip Lindsay, and how would you have looked? And and, and the year before that, or the year before, like, Philip Lindsay's one, you know, it doesn't happen. He's a miracle. He's a... uh, Exactly. So it's not happening this year. Hey, man, I believe in miracles, and it's not even the 1984 Winter (laughs) Olympics. But before we bring this thing home, I wanted to ask each one of you gents, what was the most ridiculous thing... That you see. Shane, I will start with you. What was the most ridiculous move or draft pick or trade that you saw in the league? Give me something ridiculous to take this thing home. Ooh, um, so let's see. The, the most ridiculous thing that um, that, that I saw in a, a draft or a league, I, I actually saw a, I saw a team, and, and I don't know, I don't know what their thinking was, but I saw a team give up Julio Jones for the 101 um and in, in a non non super flex hey, you know what? item premium league they give Julio Jones for the 101 uh they drafted Josh Jacobs i <laughs> like 
I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. And, and for this, this year, you know, last year, Hey, that would have been great. Right. But like this year, what, what are you doing? Um, so I don't know. It was, it was super weird. It's not even a team that's like fully rebuilding or anything like that. Like they're, they're not, they're not going to win. They're kind of middle of the pack. It was just seemed odd uh, to me. Jerry, yeah, dumb, well, dumb is another adjective you could use. Yeah. I'm trying, trying to be, be somewhat nice. nice. Yeah. be nice, Jerry. We're a nice podcast. Nice people. I'm not Southern though. We're, we're bullies up here. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing that I saw that was stupid and it wasn't by any fantasy teams. May I mean, and listen, maybe it wasn't dumb by the NFL team, but I hated every second of it. And we need to talk about it. <sighs> You're going to draft Darius Geis in the second round. And then he's going to get hurt and he goes down and you're going to draft Bryce Love, who also has a torn ACL. But now my question to you, gentlemen, Bryce Love and Darius Geis, what are you doing with them? Because I have Darius Geis in this rebuild. And I wanted to take Bryce Love and I was going to reach on him. And then I realized that I just I didn't want to. So I didn't do it. But what are you guys doing? Are you worried that Darius Geis maybe is not healthy? I'll def- I'll defer to our guest first, then I'll throw my two cents in. I I think it's I think it's a, a much kind of much ado about nothing, right? I mean, it's not like they, if they would have taken Miles Sanders in the second or taken even taking Bryce Love in the third, then maybe uh, we have some issues. But they waited to the fifth round, like it, it's not uh, the fourth round, late fourth, right? One twelve. I I think that. Bryce Love, they, they needed that kind of backup for this very reason, right? Geis went down. I know Adrian Peterson's sitting there like, whatever. They might cut him anyway. Um, I think they saw similar to what uh, what my hometown Steelers did, taking Benny Snell. Right? It was like, ooh, crap. Last year, our starter went down. And we were screwed. So, yeah, we have a, a backup who's a pass catcher and a small guy. We need someone that can tote that load. And so I, I think for the Redskins, it is – Kind of well, Geis has had this year. He's going to come back. We can let Love kind of rehab. He'll be ready if Geis goes down again. Um, so I'm not overly worried. I think it actually might put Geis in a little bit of a bargain out there. I will say this: Bryce Love, although a bell cow, if you will, there at Stanford, he was he was not built to take the pounding of what Pac-12 football, much less the NFL. I think he's a nice compliment. So imagine what you saw. I guess maybe last year before Chris Thompson got hurt because that's what Chris Thompson does. He actually gets hurt. I think about what you saw with AP and Chris Thompson. Just fast forward that to 2020, and maybe that's the the leadership there in Washington's thinking. They can make Bryce Love the new Chris Thompson. Darius Geis is the new AP. A little lightning, little thunder, and not not a bad overall mix. I think both guys are capable of running the ball on early downs. I think. Darius Geis is an underrated pass catcher, obviously a hard worker, and Bryce Love's not going to contribute a lot this year anyway. So if you want to throw a third at him, you're fine, but don't don't sweat your Darius Geis shares. He, his role for 2019 is secure, but if you feel like moving him, now is not the time. Wait until you see him in that first preseason game, and, and he looks good. My most ridiculous move is I'm just going to call out the Washington Redskins, the Giants and the um, the Denver Broncos. How could you let Josh Rosen go 62nd? You know, with the 62nd pick, and they got a pick back as well. They got Rosen in like a future fifth for the 62nd overall pick. 
And I'm sorry, we talked about this last week's show. If if uh, Rosen was in this draft, he probably would have been QB one B to to Murray. So why aren't you ponying up like the 42nd overall pick if you're if you're Denver? Uh, I'm starting to wonder if it's really something to do with Drew Locke. Uh, I thought that was ridiculous, and then my my ridiculous rookie draft move that I saw was myself. I took Devin White, Tampa Bay linebacker over Miles Sanders, but again, context is king. The reason why I did that is because this is a team where I'm stacked. I mean, I've got Barkley, I've got Mixon, I'm, I'm stacked at running back. I didn't need another running back, but I had a, Jerry, what, what's the worst kind of sandwich you can have? Yeah, that would be a poop sandwich. That Andy. is correct, Jerry. And my linebackers for IDP were a big fat poop sandwich. So I got on the horn, I talked to my good friend Shane P. Hallam, he hooked me up with the 109, and I took Devin White, but uh, that's the reason why Miles Sanders got past me. Well, listen, guys, we're, we're right about that time. Uh, time to get you back to work, back to lunch. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If, if you have the time, uh, please slide over to iTunes, leave us that five-star review, say some nice comments, talk about how you liked having uh, having Shane as a guest here on the Warzone or any of our guests that, that you've enjoyed since January, whether it's the fellas or Matt Waldman, or leave no comments at all. We just, we'll take just that good old-fashioned five-star Check out our friends over at uh, Trophy Smack. And, and Shane, before we let you run, uh, tell us again about Fake Pigskin and all the good stuff you have coming out. Yeah, go to fakepigskin.com. I'll, I'll be releasing uh, a Debbie stuff coming up this summer, looking at the 2020 class, uh, which which is my favorite class maybe ever that that uh, I've started watching early. And um, I usually put some guys on the Debbie radar to track. This past year, I had Dwayne Haskins on there before this season, Manuel Hall on there. Um, so that's some look for. And then uh, draftsite.com, I've been doing mock drafts. I actually have a seven-round 2020 mock draft up. So if you're looking for name, even just names to start looking for, uh, that's go draftsite.com, good place to go. You can do look at the seven-round mock and uh, and get some good names there. That is awesome. Remember, just go to Twitter and put in Shane P. Hallam. That's H-A-L-L-A-M, Shane P., and uh, I'll make sure to tag him in the tweets that go out with this show. And remember, we're not telling you about our drafts to talk about, oh, you know, we're not giving you the Ron Burgundy. Hey, everybody, come see how good we look. We're doing it because we're already taking live rounds. Th th these are live drafts and real leagues for real money, and we're, we're kind of helping you put together a playbook so that if you haven't had your rookie drafts, it will uh, make for a better experience for you. So uh, check out Shane. Uh, he he posted a link on Twitter. You can actually follow that entire mock draft, or you can look back and see where players went. And if you follow Tyler Gunthener, uh, I'm sure you do, of the Dynasty Happy Hour, he posted a tweet uh, that has a link to the draft that I'm in with him and some other people you may know. So if you want to get an idea of player evaluation, those are two spots to give you. Uh, I'll have my post-NFL draft rankings up. Shane's are already up. It's the pinned tweet. Jerry, when will you have your post-draft uh, post rankings complete? I have the next two days off, so they will be done in the next two days, and they will be up right after that. Jerry's going to make me look bad because I don't have the next two days off, but I will get my rankings up. And all you listener leaguers, be looking for an email. And if you don't get an email, look at your direct messages. Jerry and I will be reaching out to you soon. So again, on behalf of the man of the hour, the man of the power, at DFF. And I'm at Memphis, DFF Memphis on Twitter. And remember, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We will see you next week.